0: chase thomas Podcast. the chase thomas podcast Um, (laughs) my nephew needs me to record
1: see i hate i already hate it i hate it
0: all right chase thomas podcast late on a tuesday evening coming to us live from where the knicks ran ran barclays center tonight in a brutal brutal ending where tom thibodeau said quote i'm pissed after the Knicks lost by two, but old friend David Virtsberger of SMY is here to tell us what it was like inside Brooklyn where uh, the Knicks fans, like Virts, outnumber the Nets fans by a lot. James Harden acknowledged it. Um, what was it like in the building, Virts? What, uh, what did you make of the game itself and just the environment?
1: What's going on, Chase? Uh, it was a great game, great environment, uh, per usual. Knicks fans really came out to sort of try, try and outshine the Nets fans in their home arena. Uh, Barclays is pretty touristy. You get a lot of sort of uh, middle-of-the-road, not-too-interested, street clothes, no Knicks or Nets gear on them uh, type of fan. So there, there's a lot of that, but, but the fans, you know, really rooted for the for their team. Uh, obviously made a lot of noise, and, and Nets fans were particularly loud and happy uh, come the end of the game. Uh, after Knicks fans spent 48 minutes being loud and obnoxious, uh, ultimately u- ultimately to lose by two. Um, it was a great basketball game, back and forth, game of runs. Um, the Knicks trying out their new starting lineup with Alec Burks in for Kemba Walker. Uh, the Nets getting everything they needed from their big three, Durant, Harden, the, the officiating. <laughs> so it uh, came down to the wire, and uh, the, the Nets got the edge.
0: Was the officiating that bad? I did I like in, in full transparency, I've not watched it uh from tonight. So uh what uh what was what was egregious in your estimation? Why do you why do you feel slighted by the officiating?
1: I'm sure my unemotional self tomorrow will look back and be like, all right, it was bad both ways. Mm. Um but but Thibs and Randall do have some beef with with Randall's lack of free throws, and apparently an official gave Randall the the explanation that well, you're so much bigger and stronger than everybody, then this contact, you know, it doesn't really affect you like other players, so we're not going to give you these calls. And Randall didn't like that explanation for you know, for good reason, especially given the, the calls Harden was getting early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of these phantom calls and a lot of these um, real, really calls that were written out with the new rules, but uh, I feel like they're sort of, they sort of heard the backlash from the Hardens and the Trey Youngs, and are starting to give them Whoa, a couple of back. Whoa, leave Trey of out of this. Back.
0: Leave, <laughs> leave, leave Trey out of this. He did nothing wrong. Well,
1: I don't At- know what happened. You got to tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you know a lot of these guys were complaining about the new officiating rules, and then yeah, I watched some Hawks games. I watched some Nets games, and it's like, oh wait, Harden and, and Trey—they're they getting some of these calls all of a sudden. Even Randall is starting to get some of the calls he was getting last year. So I wonder if the officials have softened up on these new rules a bit, trying to find a happy medium.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um I haven't really noticed it that much of an uptick. I mean, Trey's played well, and I think he's actually kind of figured it out um outside of uh outside of the early season uh calls that he wasn't getting. Like I don't I don't think it's really messed with him all that much. Um he's just a supremely smart, talented player that he's just kind of figured it out. But also Trey Young take absorbing contact at the rim is going to be different than the way Randall absorbs contact at the rim. This is something that LeBron always got frustrated with, right? Like him just being a freight train in his prime, like he would not get some calls where it's just like, well, it just looks brutal because you're basically a linebacker going inside and like your body can handle and withstand a lot of those hits and like. Uh, not to to equate my own basketball experience with LeBron James, but I think it's more than fair uh, to make this, uh, make this comparison at this present time. And uh, I, I'm not saying I was the LeBron of AAU in, uh, in Georgia growing up, but uh, people are saying. No, so I, as someone who was not uh, the biggest biggest basketball player growing up on my AAU team, I, uh, I got hit. And when I would get hit, I was taught to flail. And I was a flopper. I was a flopper, Bert. And I remember just getting, I would just get hit and it would look so much worse if a dude hit me versus like a Terrell on my team who, um, it just didn't look as bad when he would get fouled. So Randall just being completely jacked looks different than when myself or Trey Young get fouled. It's just that I think that's always going to be a thing, though, and something that's always going to frustrate guys like him.
1: Uh, I think this was the crux of sort of uh, Shaquille O'Neal's right. issue with the officiating back in his prime, too. Yeah, you know, when you're that athletically dominant over guys, you, you get officiated differently. And I thought it was a problem last year with Randall, um, but but this year, especially, I thought it was more the Go- shot selection
0: in the or like I, I just thought that it would have been nice for him to hit three shots in the Hawks series.
1: Four, All right. two. We, we don't we don't have to bring up <laughs> that series every time we're on the pod. All right, all right, Chase, do you really want? a depressed podcast guest on uh on yeah I don't, I don't think that's, that's good for numbers.
0: That's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I don't know what the, the, the difference is between the two. Um, No, but so how did the game go? Did it go about what you expected? How did hard and KD look? No Joe Harris for the Nets right now. Blake Griffin out of the rotation, like the, the two New York teams, big news, Kimba out of the rotation. we'll get to some Kimba stuff in a second, but um, Kimba's out of the rotation, Blake's out of the rotation in Brooklyn. Um, first with the team that you follow and know intensely, the 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 New York Knicks with Kimba, him getting pulled out. Thibodeau's explanation was that like he's a starter um, and they can't he didn't want to do three guards, undersized guards, that sort of thing and he was just like it just didn't make sense with our rotation, so we're we're pulling him out. Um, I do you buy that do you buy that it it really did bother him was it like kimba just is he cooked is it over for the people that have not watched enough Knicks to uh like the people who are on nba twitter right now that are like oh uh, kimba's out of rotation let's go trade for him um is he someone that any team that is looking for any type of consistent spark is that someone that they should look at or like what what happened here what where is kimba walker right now
1: I am writing for S and little Kemba trade market sort of analysis piece, and there's not a lot of great fits. Uh, I actually like Dallas of all places. If mm. the Knicks and Dallas can get together on their their first trade since the since the Por- Porzingis blockbuster, I actually think that would be interesting. Mm. The the reality with Kemba is this: look, he's lost a step offensively, uh, really everywhere. But that's 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 no surprise to anybody. Right, he's a little older. He's had some injuries. Um, that lack of bursts has held him back offensively a bit. Uh, it's helped that he's shot really well from deep 41%. Can't be mad about that. He's been doing it all, pick and roll. Uh, the playmaking has been okay. So, so call it, let, let's say Kemba is, you know, 50, 60% of what he is offensively, something like that. Right. The, the problem is really on the other end where he's not giving anything to the Knicks and he's really breaking a lot of what made the Knicks defense work last mm-hmm. year. Um, a lot's been written about it, especially by Fred Katz over at the Athletic. He, he mentioned this as well. Knicks like to switch some of their perimeter guys, you know, on, on a lot of those uh, high pick and rolls and stuff like that. And Kemba just makes switching impossible. It makes uh, a lot of the transition transition defense stuff because they don't want to cross match um, his help. You know, he he, he he tries defensively. He scampers over. He draws charges, but. You know, when, when he gets in the guy's face at the end of the day for a contest, man, it, it, any shooter over, like, six foot two just doesn't see him. It, it, it's just like he's not there. Um, and when it comes to replacing him, you know, he was just the best option to replace him, the starting five that made the most sense. And it was sort of it seemed like it was a, a decision between replacing him with one of the point guards, like Roser or quickly, or replacing him with Burks. Um, you leave Rosen quickly on the bench, you keep that sort of, insane bench unit uh with those with that backcourt and, and Obi Toppin who uh, fits well with that backcourt. And I, I think Burks is just a nice fit in the starting lineup as a guy that can do stuff with the ball, do stuff without the ball. He gives you size. He gives you pretty decent perimeter defense. And, and so it looks good tonight. Then uh Burks put up twenty five five and five. Um whenever Burks gets a real opportunity on the Knicks, he's suddenly like in the family good player. He played thirty nine minutes tonight, which is also nuts. Um, the Knicks played great basketball uh, The Nets had Kevin Durant and James Harden I, I think that'd be the best way to sort of recap this game And, and Harden, one of the few games this season Where he looked fully like himself 34-10-8, three steals Yeah, put back dunk mm-hmm. Which is not something you see I don't think day. I've ever seen a Harden put back dunk I don't think he I think he was even quoted saying he wasn't sure he's had one in the league So, <laughs> um, yeah it is, uh, he, he was pretty excited off that one but you know, every time these two teams get together, it's a fun game. So uh, I'm just happy the Knicks competed and they had, they had a real chance there. Fournier makes a half-court shot at the buzzer. The Knicks win, but rimmed out.
0: Well, you're 11 and 10. You're tied with the Hawks. the The East is jumbled. The the West is jumbled. I feel like half the league right now is 500. I feel like it is outside of the Warriors and the Suns, and I guess the Nets a little bit. It
1: they it, own all the wins.
0: Yes, they. It's just, it's them. They own everything. Um, it's it's wild. Um, but it, I will say, because um, I am doing a team a week, uh, so I just watch all of those games for a team a week just to get a good feel and I, I differentiate it. Shout out to Carlin Gay for for putting that on me because it's what he he was doing. I was like, you know what, that makes sense. Instead of just trying to see a, a roundabout way of a lot of different teams on League Pass, I just pick one uh, the week along with the Hawks. But um, the Spurs are my team this week and. I was going through their stuff and the Wizards game, and uh, they're one and ten in the West. They're six and thirteen overall. They're one and ten in the West. The Spurs, as someone who's watched, like it's bad. And I was thinking about like, oh, would Kemba fit there because they like I don't know if you've ever watched a Dejounte Murray shot or a Derek White shot when both of those guys are not on. But let me tell you, verts, it's rough. The amount of mid range shots that they're pulling up with that Dejounte Murray shoots like he shoots like sean marion to me like that's how the shot looks it's something i wrote down where i was like this still doesn't look good the numbers aren't putrid from three but it's just everything looks clunky their half court stuff sucks they don't have anyone who really wants to score but their defense is so annoying like trey jones is uh is a great player to watch i I very much enjoy watching him on d and um johnson's a lot of fun but there's a ceiling there um i don't know i i i I watch them, and then I think about the Knicks a little bit, where it's like the young guys who I kind of like. I kind of like Dejounte Murray. I kind of like um, Keldon Johnson. I kind of like Lonnie Walker. Still, the Knicks kind of have a lot of those dudes, where it's like, um, do we kind of like Emmanuel Quickly? Do we kind, like how much do we like R.J. Barrett? Do you like R.J. Like do you like R.J. more than Keldon Johnson at this point? Um, I don't know. There are some similarities between how they're both these teams are made to me, but um, I don't know. Is that is that fair at all?
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think it's also a problem of you look at both those teams. Like, all right, which young guy are we are we throwing the money at right. and riding you know, through this rebuild or or for the next few years? Like, who do you feel safe giving a a big you know Bridges-esque extension to? The Knicks feel that way with RJ barron he, he hasn't had a good year thus far. He had a, an amazing five game stretch. He's averaging over twenty points per game. He was defending really well, but. Now it hasn't looked so good. Now with the Spurs, you know, again, like, you like all these young guys, but can you say we're going to build around Devontae Murray?
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, You know, a bit of a stretch. Um, there, there's definitely a lot to like there, and a lot of guys that can end up being, you know, great value deals, great role players, um, especially like Devin Vassell. You know, he's awesome as well. Uh Yeah, I feel like the difference between the Spurs and the Knicks is not only conference, but, you know, maybe a couple more veterans that that the Knicks can rely on. And then, you know, obviously, even the Spurs, I don't think, have someone of Julius Randle's caliber. Um, And and was just sort of that guy that... And the Knicks live or die with Randle, and and he he was a big part of last year, and he's going to be a big part of this year. So, you know, the Spurs are definitely missing some pieces. They haven't really surprised me in any way. I feel like people sort of thought the offense would, would struggle and the defense would be solid and you know they're they're beating up on some of the worst teams but you know, having trouble really really getting the, the wins they need to, to compete for a plane or anything like that. Uh it'd be rough to see Pop go out on this team, you know? Um it'd be kinda cool to see him go out on top.
0: He that's not happening. That uh that, that ship sailed a long time ago. I think that ship sailed with the Kawhi trade. Like that's when he probably should have retired is and i mean i guess he's gonna like there were some awards and records he was chasing but like that was that was it like the package they got for Kawhi, that was that was it and uh i mean even in hindsight like i I think uh most of us thought this was gonna be a disaster and um the the derozan alder did not uh uh, lead to lead to anything um for the Spurs, unfortunately. But DeRozan's playing great basketball in Chicago now, so good for him. Um The wall for Kimba thing. Do you buy any of that?
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I saw one headline and immediately dismissed it because I don't understand how the money works and mm. I didn't read it all into it. But now you're asking me about it. On the is this a thing? Are people talking about it? How, how how does the money work?
0: I don't know
1: either. Um... But like, because for, for those that don't know, Kemba got bought out. He's not making this thirty six million Right, anymore. if he not, was making that, it's okay. Right,
0: like if that was yeah. the case, then it's an easy one. But like, he's not making that, so yeah, I have no idea how that works. I'm because I don't think uh, New York really has anybody else that they could throw, like. Randall's your highest paid player, and then you're like, you're not throwing uh, Derek Rose in that or anything. So,
1: right, um, you know, you're gonna bundle Burks and Rose and Fournier, and Todd, like for all the Fournier yeah. to like get match the salaries to get. John Wall? Uh, yeah, uh, you're I not doing that. I don't that. think so. Listen, if it were a one-for-one one swap somehow, I, I, I see the argument for Wall, right? He's not Kemba. He'll defend better than Kemba. He's got more size than Kemba. His playmaking might be a little better. I, I don't watch him too much last year, but I thought he looked like he had more of a step and, and more of some of his old self than, than I expected. Um, I think he should be playing right now. It's a little weird that he's not playing at all, especially since the Rockets can't can't win anything. Um well, the I
0: report is that he argument. didn't want to come off the bench and that the Rockets wanted to bring him off the bench and he doesn't want to play if he's coming off the bench, which, I mean.
1: Oh, that, that won't work in New York because look at Kemma's situation right, right now.
0: I don't know. The the John Wall one's weird because a lot of people are like, it's a bad look for the league. They should find him. But it's such a weird thing because you can't, like. You can't legislate rotations. You can't find people for not like for the the nets just being like you're washed, Blake Griffin, like it's not working anymore. And it will put you back in the rotation if injuries mount, like mount up and we have to put you back in. Kimba, you'll be back in the rotation if um, injuries pop up and we have to reinsert you. But like, we're not going to find teams for sitting veterans because it's just that like you can't dictate rotation. So it's like if they're suiting up and dressing and going to practice and all that kind of stuff, but they're just not playing and they're just put on ice like it sucks. For the league, it's not great. It's not a great look, but I don't know how you legislate that out of the game, out of out of just what we're looking at here, right?
1: I agree. That makes sense. Do you want to hear my Kemba trade?
0: Okay, I'm ready. Don't say it, Lance. Kemba
1: Walker. Uh, I mentioned. I, met, <laughs> I mentioned the Mavericks. Kemba Walker for the return of Reggie Bullock and Frank Ntilikina. <laughs> get, get 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 the old crew back. Get the Mavs there there fake you know ball handling scoring point guard for to you know take some pressure off Luca uh, I think it works out tremendously
0: do you know my my version of this is okay I don't know if the money works but this will be close it it would be close Close here Um, I do Rondo and Kendrick Nunn for for Kimball Walker I want Kimball Walker in the Lakers just throw him on the Lakers keep getting older Talen Horton Tucker actually makes 9.5.
1: I was looking at the Lakers crew and seeing if there was any trade there. Um, Yeah, I don't know there's so not a great there's not guard. a lot of
0: but like the thing when we do the Kimba stuff it's like it doesn't matter like he's a third guard like it's just like fantasizing about trading for Dellen right at this point like what are we doing like it, it, he does not change anything for anybody like he is just someone who is just depth at this point um maybe he can swing a series off the bench for a contender a la lou williams potentially like maybe but, like, the days of starter, high-paid, max player Kemba, I think, are long gone, right?
1: That's fair to say. And, and you know, it has only been 20 games. And, and he really, again, like, he hasn't looked awful in these games. He's looked like a bad fit for the Knicks. And d- the defense could use, you know, the defense is what it is when, you, when you're working with Kemba. But I think on another team, you can still contribute. Like you said, especially in a bench role, uh, I think he's still got some game left.
0: Um, outside of the Knicks, who have you been watching a lot of lately?
1: Ooh, um, the Sacramento Kings. I oh, I watched them
0: uh, two weeks ago a lot. Yeah, they're, they're weird, but they're okay.
1: They're in, the, they're in an interesting little spot here because, you know, they, they had the firing of Luke Walton, obviously that was the mm-hmm. big story recently. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of these teams with the mid-season firing, they get a, a new coach bump. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Kings can sort of ride that into maybe some momentum. They, you know, they're, they're not out of the race for, for the play-in. They're not too far back behind 500. So, you know, they, they beat the Lakers in that crazy overtime thriller. I think they're up right now, uh, but I'd have to check while we're recording this. Um, I think under Gentry, they have a chance to figure some stuff out, and they have talent, they have chemistry there. I think the team's really interesting every NBA nerd loves Rashawn Holmes I love Rashawn Holmes
0: he's great man Rashawn Holmes has this shot at the rim that is just mesmerizing um he's kind of he yeah but it's it's that and then like there's two there's two bigs right now in the NBA that I'm just mesmerized by and it's him and it's Gafford Gafford dunks everything like that dude pulverizes people download he has some like Dwight Howard in him it's Bizarre to watch a Wizards game with him But he just bullies people inside He was going after Jakob Pertl last Night and uh, dude's just Not afraid that that man just gets Beat up he's jacked and He just uh, I don't know He's a delight to watch like he And Rashawn Holmes are they're very effective As their uh, They're they're um, just as Fives in today's NBA they're both very Different but uh, they make it work for very Different ways
1: yeah, I remember watching Gafford in Chicago and not understanding why he wasn't getting more playing time or why mm-hmm. other teams didn't didn't want to jump on him. So I felt I felt feel pretty vindicated now that he's he's doing well in Washington. Yeah, Holmes is awesome. Fox to this point hasn't played super well and the Kings, you know, they they aren't they haven't played themselves out of out of playing contention. So if he turns it around as well, suddenly you have you no know, maybe a decent team.
0: Well um, let me ask you this. When you've watched them what do you think of their half-court uh, situation? Because they let... I forgot who I was watching them play last. I'm I'm trying to remember who that was. Um, but either way, uh, it'll come to me in a second. But they, they... Oh, it was the Pistons. They let them come back. The Pistons' third unit was in there. They had like four guards. Frank Jackson was going off a little bit late. But like, they... Their half-court stuff is ugly. Like when they have De'Aaron Fox and uh, their group in there. Like De'Aaron Fox takes a lot of dumb mid-range shots um he's so good in transition he's so fast that stuff works Halliburton is there he should be their closer and he has the sidestep three that's great like he's the most fluid his footwork is phenomenal I love watching Halliburton he's my favorite king to watch Bagley's atrocious um I don't know if uh that's still salvageable at this point but the stuff I watched was just very not good um uh, Thompson's good for them Davion Mitchell is the like watching him off All ball night, is incredible Say that again? Yeah. No, his nickname Off Night. Oh, is that what his nickname? is? <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think. Like, it's interesting that you're high on them. I just they don't have a lot of depth. Like Metu is playing oh, a lot for them.
1: I, I didn't say I'm high. I'm watching them. Uh huh. And I'm intrigued. I wouldn't go as far to say I'm high on them, but but I'm intrigued. They're they're a team I'm intrigued by.
0: Well, like the lineup of Fox, Heald, Barnes, Holmes and Halliburton should be good and I just I, it's fine but it's not uh, blowing teams out of the water I just think that they're kind of they have six or seven guys that they should just be playing a bunch um, but I don't know Heal does not need much space like he would be such an annoying player to defend because that dude is so good off uh, pick and roll catch and shoot stuff Or he'll just get a pin down and he'll like, I I just don't know how he gets the space he does to have his release is so pretty, but he just does not need much time and much space at all uh, to get these threes off. And I don't know, he's he's a lot of fun to watch, too. And it's just kind of a shame that he did not go to the Lakers, because if you if they had ended up with the Buddy Heald trade versus the Westbrook trade, man, I don't know. I think I'd feel I think we would all feel a lot better about the Lakers, right?
1: Yeah, that trade in hindsight
0: now. No, hold on. Not hindsight. I said on this very podcast, it was a disaster. I said that they weren't going to be a top four seed. I said the Lakers would be fighting for a play-in and that last year was not an admiration. I feel vindicated about my Lakers cynicism. People are putting them in the finals before this year. I I never got it. It's over. I don't think LeBron James, this is maybe the biggest take of all. He's not a Laker next year. Oh, boy. He's a Phoenix Sun. Whoa. He's a Phoenix Sun. What? Just go ahead and put it out there. LeBron James is a Phoenix Sun next year. James Jones running what? things in Phoenix. I could see him getting in on the Phoenix ownership as he retires. I, it's not far from L.A. You got Devin Booker there. You got his dude CP. I, I'm i telling you, the, the, the Suns have won 97 games in a row. They just went to the finals.
1: I could see it. I'm turning down the heat in my room from <laughs> just because that take coming through my my ears I'm, I'm sweating right now it's unbelievable is that a strong take <laughs> that lebron is going to leave the lakers the lakers have the no Phoenix choice
0: guns? yeah they have no choice like there's nothing else for him to do in la la is screwed they have no assets this is it like they're locked into this group there's nothing left the cutboard is dry there is you nothing think, left you think
1: this group is, is is shot they're not going to figure this out
0: well, I mean, it's Mello is playing a significant role with this group. There is no young guy on this. Like, KCP is gone. Kuzma's gone. Lonzo, gone. All the young stuff that they could use. Like, I, I just, there's nothing there anymore. There, it's Kendrick Nunn. It's Ray John Roderick. Blake Monk hasn't worked out.
1: You got Dwight Howard. You, Tucker.
0: Yeah, that's it. And he has not been good for them this year.
1: Why am I on here defending the Lakers? I, feel like I don't know a, either. I, Trevor
0: Ariza was a big part of them. Kent Basemore started out and they were like, oh yeah, this is not going to work. And now he's out of the rotation. Like, it's it's not good. They they can't fix it. There's no young guys. It's all one-year contracts. They're all off the books next year. It They are locked into Westbrook for another year. They are locked into AD. They're locked into those three and they don't have the money to get out of this. There is nothing else they can do. LeBron cannot take a big pay cut to get someone else in there. This is... They're they're screwed. I really do believe the Lakers are screwed, and I think LeBron is always thinking towards his next step. And I just I would not be surprised if LeBron is a Phoenix Sun after after this season.
1: I won't go as far as to say the Lakers are screwed. I, I agree with you that the uh, the the choice of going with Westbrook over the Buddy Heel trade uh, that wasn't a hindsight thing. I was saying just in hindsight, it looks even worse now.
0: Okay, that yeah.
1: choice, but. I, I think we've had this before. We're 20 games in. LeBron, you know, has a, a fundamentally new team around him, and then, you know there are injuries at play, and things don't look so good. And the panic buttons hit. You know, I, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be pretty good. How good? I don't know. I I, 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 they're they're out of my contenders basket now, just because there's a they're a mess right now. But I would not be surprised. I'd probably be more surprised if they stay there than than didn't come back into the contenders basket. Mm. Um, that, I, I think they'll figure it out. Okay. I, I mean, people have talked about a bunch of different, you know, rotational decisions. I think at some point, the the panda button is when they say, okay, AD is starting at the five. You're playing the five the whole time. Everyone's spaced out. LeBron, Russ, and AD are just going to get spacing around them, and they're just going to they're just going to run it. Who's yeah, spacing? Who are you DeAndre. throwing in for those they're, last two spots? They're doing this DeAndre Jordan crap. Mm-hmm. Mello, you throwing Mello? I like Mom. Oh god, Monk's been playing well. Oh god. Yeah, when I say these names too, yeah, it doesn't come out. Like that's but not getting other, out of the West. Like the the, the Warriors and the Suns are, are not wrong. worried about this. Probably not right now, but we'll see.
0: I just I don't know. I think it's over um I, I think it's over and i don't think lebron's gonna be okay with uh the current like two years back to back of early playoff exits which i think the lakers have no path out of um so
1: we'll see maybe he's going wait maybe he's going to phoenix for that for that medical team over there huh
0: do they still have that i guess they still do right
1: is that still is that still a thing like the the medical staff that cures all all I mean, old players L men silver in phoenix
0: yeah maybe he goes to new york no, probably not. No, probably not. Um, what story, NBA story, has you most intrigued at the moment, Bert?
1: Um, it, let me know if this is a lame answer. Okay. The, the, this this Suns Warriors race to be the best team in the league mm-hmm. has me fascinated, and I'm and I'm excited they're playing tonight. And I already missed a good portion of it. I'll probably maybe I'll rewatch it tomorrow. Um, yeah, they're both amazing. I feel vindicated by both those teams. I was high on both of them. You know, just uh, Golden State coming back with a very similar core and uh, doing doing very Golden State things and Seth Curry being unreal. Phoenix just bringing back their their final team from last year. It's really puzzling to me that no one was – I don't know. It was like Phoenix was not being talked about in this contenders conversation preseason, early season. And I'm like, guys, it's the same team. They're really good. And I know they weren't fluking last year, so what's going on? And uh, here they are just, just running over the league easily. And I I think the big question between these two teams is how's Clay gonna look once he's back and, and how seamlessly does he just work his way back into the into the Warriors core? And and if the answer is, hey, Clay is like eighty, ninety percent of himself and he looks good and there's no hiccup in how they're playing, then the Warriors probably have the edge there. But uh, I'll leave it up to you. I mean, what do you think?
0: I mean, they have a situation where it's not like uh, Clay has to be rushed back. That's the cool thing. It's like Wiggins is playing out of his mind. And I don't know if this continues with Wiggins. I'm more concerned about Wiseman coming back. That is a bigger concern of me because I'm just like, I, Kevon Looney really good for them. And I hope they don't insert him into the starting rotation. I, I hope he is not like bielitsa iguodala peyton porter like they have a lot of dudes like chiozo was playing a little bit so those minutes are gone thankfully but um i don't know i just i don't think clay has a lot that he's walking into i'm more he'll be fine like clay is an adapter he'll be okay he doesn't need the ball in his hands catch and shoot the defense whatever i just i'm more concerned about steve kerr getting james wiseman involved and like hey we got Wiseman here. We got to do something with him. So, I I'm more concerned about how he fits in with this group cuz that means I think Looney takes a big hit here. Um I don't know what that means for really? Dreamout at the
1: 5. You, you, think, you think Curry's going to look at this winning and see Wiseman come back and say, "Hey, you know, we, we have to prioritize cuz I, I I think the first, like I'm sure they'll bring Wiseman in off the bench just to start. And I think that'll sort of drive. Like if he's playing poorly, all right, be a little patient. He's coming off the bench. He hasn't played, whatever. But if it continues, I don't see why Kerr wouldn't just pull him from the rotation. I don't think he'd have any problem doing that when when this team's clearly a contender and clearly trying to win. And I almost wonder, come the trade deadline, do they trade some of these young guys? Well, I think they're going
0: to be faced with a tough decision there, but these guys don't make any money. Like that's the other thing; they're not trading any of the guys that make money, and because Andrew Wiggins is playing so well for them, that they're not going to move him either. So their four highest paid players um, are all making. Are coincidentally, they're only players making over ten million dollars a year. So I don't really know what they can get. I don't. I don't really know. I think if they're active anywhere, it's the buyout market, right? Like that's probably where they get involved. Um, I don't think it's through trades, I think, but they don't have to do anything like that yet. And they're super deep. It's amazing. Do you remember how just thin the Warriors were everywhere just like a year and a half ago? And now like (laughs) they're just, they're loaded. Like there is so much veteran depth and young depth and just talent all across the board. They're like, 14 deep and it's just it's amazing how quickly bob myers flipped this so shout out to him for for doing that light years if you will um the sun stuff though Berts. i think part of the animosity towards them is just that like a the west is tough and betting on the the suns to go back to back in this brutal western conference is just hard and i think people are just uh, hedging against um them being able to run the gauntlet like that in back-to-back years uh chris paul being a year older um deandre ayton not getting the max so questions about like how he would be um uh, based on what happened with sarver and talks breaking down um the whole sarver stuff in general uh they brought in alfred payton always worrisome as you know as the next guy you never want to bring uh, they paid landry Shamit. weirdly enough that was kind of a weird signing um but then Mikael Bridges became like the best defender in basketball, so that's been a big part of it too. And Devin Booker and Chris Paul haven't dropped off a bit. Aiden's still awesome, and they're rolling. And I, I for one, am one thousand percent here for a Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Steph Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Western Conference Finals. Man,
1: I am, I am here for that, sir. That being said. That that would be that'd be really, that'd be really fun to watch.
0: You know what's not fun to watch right now, Verts? Hit
1: me.
0: The Denver Nuggets playing five hundred basketball, mm. the season from hell. Dan Devine had a good piece in the Ringer about this and whether or not they should pack it in and just prioritize the long term health of their team. They're dipping into the luxury tax and they'll be in the repeaters tax soon, potentially, depending on what moves they make. This is an expensive team that I think might not make the playoffs this year. This is just catastrophic. Um, Jokic now banged up. Murray not coming back till April. Uh, this is and now Michael Porter Jr. And this is what I really want to uh, get your perspective on, Bert. Because like the, they paid Michael, uh, Michael Porter Jr. And they gave him the extension. And what we saw from him last year was great. What was it? 23 a night? And he was great in the playoffs for them, stepped up without Murray. Um, You saw all the flashes there of what he could be as an offensive player. And he did enough on defense to earn Malone's trust. But like the back stuff was never going anywhere. And this was always just kind of like to like the Embiid stuff where it's just it's always going to be a ticking time bomb where you're just you're hoping you can win it before things go kaboom. And unfortunately, this is now his third back surgery. And there was a good nugget and uh divine's piece where he was like he he said quote injury analysis conducted by jeff stotts of in street clothes revealed that nearly three out of every four nba players to undergo disc related surgery report additional back problems at some point during their career with roughly 25 percent needing additional procedures down the line the back stuff it just doesn't seem like it's going anywhere like he's gonna have this and it sucks because he really was turning a corner but you saw him limping and he wasn't able to dunk uh, late in that last game. Uh, it was it was rough to see like he had he couldn't get up. And then, of course, he has back surgery right after. But, man, this is part of the problem of like taking this kind of big risk. There's a reason he fell to 14. Like, it's awesome. We all knew that like he would have been the number one pick in the draft if he didn't have the injury stuff. Like he played 53 minutes at Mizzou. Because of this, like, none of this is new. And this is, like, one of those risk versus reward thing, but this seems like to me now, because you've paid him and because the money's already given out and because you've invested so much into him, that, like, you just cost yourself a title, maybe, because he's just... he's gone. And you don't know how many years you're going to get of this window and how many years Kroenke is going to sign on to be in the luxury tax and to spend enough to get you into the NBA Finals. This team was built to do it, and unfortunately... They rolled the dice with, I mean, with a guy who just had injury red flags everywhere, and it ended up it happened. I I feel bad for Nuggets fans because this team, you can make the case was the deepest, and if they're all healthy, and we saw what it looked like when the big four was healthy for a little bit of time last year, this was a this was a a championship team. Like I think they probably would have beaten the Suns in a seven game series if they were fully healthy last year, and it just seems like. We're never going to get the four healthy at the same time. And the Denver Nuggets are going to be a tragic story. Am I jumping the gun a little bit?
1: Uh, not necessarily, sadly. Um, and, and the craziest thing, too, is you mentioned last year. I mean, Jamal Murray doesn't tear his ACL. Maybe we're talking about the Nuggets win it all. And and yeah. who really cares what happens after that? You pull it off. Yep. Right, someone gets hurt. Someone's not whatever. You can retool, rebuild, you won your chip. Who cares, right? Um, but now, suddenly it looks like the window is well past them. You, you have to hope Murray comes back healthy this season, and, and now you don't even have MPJ that are waiting for him, and who, and who knows how long he's out. You know The injury stuff, you never know what intel these teams have. Uh, obviously, taking him with that pick, I actually wanted the Knicks to take him in that draft. Um, mm-hmm. Taking him with that pick isn't so much the big risk-reward as is, as it is. The, the extension, um, and, and now you sort of have to live with that, and, and less flexibility, and hope that these guys can come together healthy. It's tough. It, it's a tough thing to swing, and it's tough to waste you know another year of having an MVP talent up front. Um, yeah, Denver's good enough to still make noise this postseason, I think, and make the postseason and make noise in the postseason. Uh, I just think when they have Jokic and they have decent depth, the regular season becomes a little easier. Um, the postseason is a big concern, right? If Murray's back and, and he's healthy, but then you don't have MPJ, it's obviously not as complete a roster as you had going into last year. So, yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, uh, I'm trying to find some some silver linings to combat your your downtrodden pessimism, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have. But this is
0: why I'm trying to get out of the situation. DeAndre Hunter uh, market right now. I've been beating this drum for a year now. Get out of this. This is going to be a thing. DeAndre Hunter is an injury perm player. Like, I am all about the availability factor. And I just, I prioritize it so much that I'm just like, there are some dudes that are just injury-prim. Like, it just, it's an, it's inescapable. And I think DeAndre Hunter is that. I think Michael Porter Jr. is that. I think there are just some guys, unfortunately, that fall in that category. And it just sucks. But like, I don't know. I can't just roll the dice on a title for these guys, but also like he fell to them, and they're already a team on the rise, like you said. So it's just it's different to like they took a swing, like Jerome Robinson went before him. Uh, unfortunately, SGA and Mikael Bridges, couple picks in front, man. If one of those two had fallen, whoo! Can you imagine SGA That'll or Mikael Bridges on this Nuggets team right now?
1: Jeez. yeah, that's a scary prospect.
0: Exactly, but it's also just like the the draft is a crapshoot, and when you're drafting at that point, the 14th pick, like Troy Brown was after him, Zaire Smith, I mean, who's out of the league already, like it's it, it's just a crapshoot. So they took a swing, that kind of thing. But then you paid him, and then you paid him, and it's just, I I am just I feel bad for Nuggets fans. This this thanks, man. The the MVP season for Jokic last year, like you said, the last year, if you get the ship, none of these injuries just. Like, it's like, well, it stinks, but we got the, we got the title. We, we had, we took the big trade swing and Aaron Gordon and it all worked out. But I don't know, man, I, uh, I'm very concerned about, uh, the immediate future of the Denver Nuggets. Um, what is Christian Wood's trade value for you?
1: Not a crazy high. I, I mean, I'm imagining the Rockets would want just sort of their rebuilding bundle of picks from some young guys for Wood. Um, yeah, I can see, like, the Nets swinging for him. I, I think that makes sense. Maybe, like, Claxton and then work, work Wood into their um, into their trade exceptions. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'd, it'd be kind of be funny another Nets-Rockets trade. I don't know if the Nets can possibly owe the Rockets another pick. But, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I don't think it's especially high. Um, his game has seemed to plateau a bit um hasn't emerged as a any sort of leader or or impactful guy on the rockets you know he should be the best player really and he might be just just on paper but nothing's really come to fruition that makes you jump at him i think he's going to be a sort of all right the trade deadline my should be really good team is 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 sort of muddling around He's a guy we can we can take a risk for that's not gonna cost us too much. Uh, I can't imagine the market for him is gonna be is gonna be huge.
0: Okay. I could see that too. I don't know what the right trade is because I also just I don't think he's a guy that swings anything. So I just I don't know. I get the the depth piece for him in Brooklyn. That makes a lot of sense. But a lot of I the Portland's content- like Portland. Portland, yeah, Portland actually would be I, I like the Portland fit.
1: Yeah. I don't hate that, but I don't He's know any one, one of these higher up teams that just aren't aren't quite as deep as they like or don't have quite the amount of weapons they like.
0: Maybe Dallas?
1: That'd be interesting him and him and KP together, but you're really uh, you're really putting a lot on KP defensively there.
0: It's true. Um I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh Verts as we wrap up here tonight your prediction on the Kemba situation, how does it resolve and where does he end up?
1: That's tough. Uh, um, So does it need resolving? I don't know. If he stays in Nick, like I can see him making his way back into the rotation with like a Derrick Rose injury or a Burks injury or something like that. Um, Man, a trade would be disappointing to say the least, but you know, I buy he's being a professional. He was, uh, he was in good spirits at the night's game, clapping on his teammates and, and rooting for him and getting up and, and active on the bench. And, and he's a professional guy that, that's wanted to be on this team for a long time. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we just – I'm going to go the anti-drama route. He stays third string point guard, just sort of helps out where he can, mostly doesn't play. And just like a nice veteran to have around for for the rest of this next season, that that results in I'm assuming twenty straight wins in a trip to the NBA Finals.
0: <laughs> I still don't think the Knicks are making the playoffs.
1: Listen, you got you got you got to you got to look at their record and think they've played about as badly as anyone who doesn't like this team mm-hmm. hope they would, right. So if they can just turn around a couple of these things, they'll they'll be really solid. If they can get that, you know, top five defense back, which I think without Walker in, in the rotation becomes possible, um, you're looking at a top five defense in and in a top fifteen offense. So maybe, you know, maybe you have something there. But it's it's give and take right now. The Knicks seem to love to get up for games against the Nets or the Hawks. Or, or the whoever but then you know the, the magic roll into town it's like oh geez. You know, what do we do with these guys
0: hmm there you go there you go Verts, how do the good folks keep up with your work at SMY and everywhere else this week
1: yeah I've got some I've got a little thing on Obi Toppin coming out some more stuff off the Kemba news maybe some potential trades probably not for John Wall but but still yeah I've got some stuff coming out on SMY follow me on Twitter at underscore Verts. Chase, thanks for having me on, man.
0: Thanks for being here, man. Late after the game, making it happen, doing it for the pod. Bert, big CT podcast guy.
1: Always, love, love the CT pod.
0: All right, well, I will talk to you soon, my good friend. I appreciate it, um, Bert. Talk to you soon, buddy.